What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Fernando Nadama back on the show. And after a week in which you were gone, it's good to have you back. want to thank uh, Chase Carroll again for covering uh, for Dama for that one episode while he was gone. But um, it's really good to have you back here on the show, man. Um, we didn't get to talk about uh, your analysis for the draft. And then um, we didn't get to talk about the the breaking news with the rush trade and everything. So excited to get into that uh, with you today. Let's talk about the sure. the draft first. Um, I mean, just give me all of it. What do you think about the draft? Uh, I loved it. I mean, considering what the board was when when we went to pick, um, you know, when we last spoke about it, we talked about how, uh, you know, I think I had predicted Trey Murphy would be the pick. Um, because I thought, you know, it would be a run on, on shooters, shooting in wings. Um, and we, we talked about how Chris Dorte was, you know, the Pacers were, were really eyeing him. So, um, he ended up going to the Pacers and the Warriors, of course, took Moody at, at, at 14. So that left either Kispert, Trey Murphy, or, or, you know, you went with some kind of, you know, development type wing. Like a Zaire, uh, or then Zaire went top ten, so that kind of helped us. It was some guys that went, you know, in the top top ten that you really weren't expecting, and that kind of dropped some guys down. So Kispert was right there, perfect fit, proven skill set from a pr- proven program. You know, he's going to fit right in and and just do his job and work. So I love the pick, um, and then being able to kind of get. You, you get that rush trade in, and then you get an extra pick with that, uh, and then you flip that pick into a into a point guard, a point guard that can play some defense, and then get Isaiah Todd, who I was a fan of. Um, I mean, he kind of reminds me of Rashad Lewis. Like he's kind of like that uh, six foot ten, rangy center slash forward that can really shoot it, man. Like so if you watch some of his highlights, um, he got some. He got some. He got some stuff in his bag, man, as far as shooting that ball. Um, he's just a little raw with the rest of his game. Right. So, you know, if he can figure that out, you might have a player there. But I, I love what Tommy was able to do on draft day, man. It was it was it's it's really this whole this last week has been really like a master class in GM for him. I got I gotta I gotta give him a couple claps for that for the week he's had, man. He's he's it's been awesome. Yeah, I think definitely for the second round picks. Uh, I mean, when have we last had a second round pick where we were like, okay, this guy can actually help you long term? Right. Never, right. probably. Yeah, like, <laughs> never, exactly. So definitely glad to have Isaiah Todd and Corey Kisper on the board. And I know that because I wanted to say Kisper or Duarte, but. I th- I really thought that both of them would have been off the board just because they both have that shooting. And so that's why I went with uh, Murphy as well. But, um, I mean, I remember I said that I would be stunned if it wasn't one of those three with uh, with Duarte, Kispert, and, uh, and Murphy. So definitely glad that we came away with one of those three guys, and especially Kispert because Kispert obviously is the best shooter of the bunch, in my opinion. So... Um, and he's a little bit younger than Duarte. 
So he still has room to where he can grow. Kispert is also not just a shooter. He can do some things off the bounce and can play a little bit of defense. So I like the pick. Sure. Sure. All right. Before we get too deep into the the rush trade and all that, um, just a little bit of a free agency recap here. So we had four unrestricted free agents. Going into this free agency, we had um, Neto, we had Alex Len, who's with Sacramento now, Robin Lopez, who's with Orlando, and then Ish Smith, who is with Charlotte. Um, I wasn't going to be upset if none of those guys came back. I think I would have liked Robin Lopez back on the vet minimum, but I think when you pay someone the MLE, or most of the MLE, and then you expect them to come back and re-sign on a vet minimum. I don't think that that's realistic to expect. So um, with that being said, I'm not upset that Lopez isn't back. Alex Len went and got his money. I think he's a, he's a quality center. Um, you know, go for it. Ish Smith, I will probably miss the most out of the guys that aren't coming back because he has a certain pace and style to his game that is just really good to me on the eyes. I know sometimes he does some wild stuff, but you know, when you have the ball a lot, I mean, you know, you're going to make more mistakes the more you have the ball. Um, but Hall and agreed to resign with us on another Vetman deal. Um, any thoughts on any four of those guys? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> Paul Neto, I mean, I, I loved getting him back. Like that was, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like out of all of the guys that were our free agents, like you had to, you had to bring him back. Like I just yep. thought he was like our little, you know, uh, our, our mini um, Swiss Army knife. I mean, I mean, he did everything Brooks wanted him to do, um, and he did it to the best of his ability. I mean, like. He was every bit as important on that seventeen and six run as Russ and Gafford and some other guys were. Like his ability to make catch and shoot threes, and then able to guard, guard guys, switch off. Like um, it, it really, like, it really, it really helped the team because we we needed it. With Denny hurt, we really didn't have a guy that could make threes at an above average level and also play defense. Um, he mm-hmm. was really the only guy, so naturally he fit right into that starting lineup and we were a top 10 defense. So doing that, doing that 17 and six stretch. So um, getting him back now and being able to add him to the depth we already had from the trade and getting him at a, a vet minimum. I mean, that's a, that's a steal, man. Uh, again, Tommy Shepard got a clap for you again, man. Like it was just, it was a hell of a, hell of a signing, man. Hell of a week for him. So love Neto. Um, Lopez, I was just not. I was just not with bringing him back. I mean, I just the style of play, like just from the way Wes has talked, the way Tommy has talked about us playing a certain way. Yeah, Lopez. Yeah. Lopez doesn't fit that. Like we're not going to slow up possessions, um, and then in a half court run, Lopez post up hook shots. Like that's just not. We're we're trying to we're trying to create a, a modern offense where we're collapsing defenses to create three point opportunities. Um, Lopez just don't fit that. Uh, Lynn, I wouldn't have mind having back before we made the rush trade, right? Because um, I thought he defensively he was really good. Like he's a he's a strong, 
seven footer. Like you're not just moving Alex Lynn out the way and you're not just, you know, getting whatever you want at the rim or him. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him back, but once we got the rush trade, once the rush trade happened and you, you're bringing back Trez, uh, and then you still got Brian coming back now healthy, albeit not to start the year, but at some point, um, it just didn't, you know, you're not going to bring, you're not going to have four centers on the roster. So, uh, yeah, that, you know, bringing him back didn't make sense. And then uh, the last one, who am I missing? Uh, Ish Smith. Uh, I just didn't really think that was ever going to happen. Um, just because, again, the way Tommy talked about playing, the way West wants to play, uh, Ish is a guy that kind of needs the ball to be effective. Uh, he's not a guy you could prop in the corner like Neto. Um, he's not really like a ball moving guard. He's a playmaking guard. So he has to have the ball. He has to be able to probe and then find dump offs or kickouts. Um, and I don't think we're going to be running offense like that this year. So, uh, again, he didn't really fit the way Tommy talked about playing basketball this upcoming season. So I didn't think he would be back. I, 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 I wanted Neto back. I, Neto fit exactly what they talked about wanting. I just didn't think we would be able to afford him. But then once the, the market kind of dried up, it was like it was a natural thing to bring him back. But to get him for a vet minimum, like, that's awesome. What do you think about Garrison Matthews at this point? I don't think uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to clear some money to just outright sign him back. But I'm not sure how much of a need his skill set is now that you have so much shooting. I mean, you have Kispert, you just drafted Kispert, you have KCP, you have uh who's a who's a solid, above average shooter you brought Neto back um I just don't know where he's gonna get minutes at where it's gonna be worth paying him you know the vet minimum or whatever it would take to 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 keep him um, to bring him back so I still think I'd like him back again the problem because I don't know where our roster currently sits in terms of guaranteed contracts but I mean, I suppose if you don't guarantee, like, Holmesley, for example, I would imagine that makes it a little bit easier to bring Garrison back. But the thing is, too, what kind of money is he going to want? Right. But uh, Cassius Winston, I think, will be back on another two-way. Yeah. Um, speaking of two ways, real quick, are there any guys on the uh, on the summer league team that you would maybe like to see kind of slide into that other two way role? Uh, Kyrie, man, Kyrie Walker, like that dude can play, man. Um, it's just a matter of has he kind of taken the time to kind of refine his game, but like just on raw talent, that dude. That dude was like that in high school, man. Like he was, he was a top five talent in high school. Um, he, I just think he got some bad advice, and you know, with these scouts and these GMs, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And and playing, playing high level competition in high school and in college, um, it, it kind of, it's a process, and it just, you being able to complete that process 
kind of shows something to these these evaluators and just kind of just dipping off. Like, I think that's why uh, Jalen Johnson dropped, like going to Duke and then only playing a couple games and then leaving. I think that knocks you. Um, I think I think these scouts and GMs, they look at that and they're like, oh, well, he can't complete it. He can't complete something he started. Um, and they they add that as a part of your evaluation. So uh, I think Kyrie can play, man. I, I, I'm anxious to see what he does in the summer league, man, um, for sure. Yeah, th- that'll be really fun. I'm also interested seeing how our concepts look on both ends of the floor. I'm sure defensively we probably won't see too much just because it's not as – it's not going to be as like individually game plan oriented, you know, but yeah. offensively I'm interested in seeing the concepts that they run and all that. Um, I think that'll be pretty interesting. I mean, you figure the starting lineup is going to be Cassius, Kyrie, um, Kispert, Todd, and then Jay Huff. Maybe I, I would predict as the starting five. I think that that's competitive, I suppose. Yeah. Are you going to watch Summer League at all? Our first game is Sunday, right? It's coming up, man. Um, I got – I don't know if I'm going to watch it Sunday, though. Uh, but I'm going to ca- try to catch it some way. Even if I'm out and about moving, I'll probably try to pull it up on my phone. Uh, I know I'm going to record the, uh, the, the Cade game on Sunday night because his debut is at 8.30. See, they got Kyrie listed at 6'7", 215. God damn. That's like that already dude. a full NBA body. That's like Clay Thompson, he's I'm pretty sure. grown-ass man. Off, like, and what's crazy is he's been like that size since, since like sophomore high school. Like he's been like 200-plus for a while, which is why if you watch his high school highlights, he's just bullying dudes to the rim. Um, so we're going to see if we can do it against men. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm anxious, and I, and I want to see this dude Caleb too. I haven't really, I haven't watched any bit of, of Caleb. Uh, oh yeah, true. So I want to see that too. But um, you know what, Holmesley will probably start over um over Kyrie. Then I forgot about Holmesley. Yeah. So, but we'll see. We'll see. We got some. We got some dudes though that I think are good for for that kind of development tree. Um, and uh, sure. I'm hoping Corey Kisper just kind of plays his role and. The same stuff you're gonna see him doing here. I'm hoping we can see him doing, you know, in the in the games that matter. So just just find his spots and hitting those threes, man. Yeah, Kispert and then Kyrie are gonna be kind of, I guess, my main two to watch. Isaiah Todd, I don't think is gonna get much run with the team anyway. I think he'll probably spend most of the season with the go go. But yeah. Kyrie, I would want to watch for that other two way. And then obviously you want to see how Kispert does. Um, yeah. as you want to see if, if is his shooting ability really like ready to go because if it's not and he's really streaky or maybe he just really has a bad summer league and doesn't hit a lot of shots that's already one of the guys you can probably go ahead and say okay well he's probably not going to play right away then yeah but it's good to have the depth nonetheless alright I've had too much of that um, before we get into Dinwiddie Let's talk about what we lost first. Um, I don't know if you listened to the episode that I did with Chase, um, but I got I got somewhat animated when when talking about Russ. Um, 
<laughs> in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> what do you mean by good or bad? Like, like good as in like I had good things to say about him or bad as in I had bad th- like like Right, yeah. Okay, okay. Um bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't hate Westbrook, right? I mean, you and I have said this several times. We don't hate the guy. Um it was no, it's no. just it it was an eyesore, I think, most of the time for for us to watch. And and if you know what, if you have the certain personnel and he fits with what you're doing, then maybe it doesn't look as bad. But for us and what we had and what we wanted to see out of the guys that we already had on the team, yeah, it was a crap fit. And I'm glad that we were able to get rid of him to give us some more flexibility with the cap. You give us um, Kyle Kuzma, who is a player you can evaluate. And if he's good enough, you know, you can keep him more, more long-term, you know, 13 million for a guy who has shown he can score basically 20 a game is not bad. And, um, you know, you also get Din- Dinwiddie out of this deal, who, again, I think is going to be a better fit. I don't think he's better than Russ, but I think he's a better fit, and I think he's a little bit more skilled in terms of the shooting and the ball handling and and things like that. So, and just, just being a point guard, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, because on one hand, you're like... You're talking about a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. Right, right. One of the best point guards to ever lace him up. But then you got to kind of peel the layers back and you got to talk like basketball, like winning basketball. And it's just hard to kind of watch how he played this year and say that that's a, that's a formula for, for winning because it's it's just not. And I think there's... There's been a five-year, I mean, more than five years, but specifically these last five years, going out in the first round and then one second-round appearance with playing with James Harden. Um, you can't blame all of those five years on injuries. can't blame all those five years on the players around him or coaching and scheme. Like, at some point, you got to look at the player and say, there are some issues that need to be addressed. Um, and unless you're putting around him talent that's just so overwhelming, he's probably not going to be the guy that can lead you past a certain point. Um, and he's got that in L.A. now. He's around. He's arguably around two other top five players. So they were going to get past round one, no matter they made the rush trade or not. Um, so now it's about... Can you with him now win a title? Uh, that's that's the thing, and I think here, I feel like this year now, just now thinking about it and what Tommy was able to do to get assets back for him. This year was pretty much you traded in a year of development, basically to get a return on John Wall, forty-one mil. Mm-hmm. That's basically what Tommy did, like. We're going to go and get, once that video came out with Wall, you knew you weren't going to get any value for Wall. And the Russ deal, him coming off that horrible playoff run with the Rockets, 
that was the only deal that you going you were going to be able to get back. But in your mind, you felt like, hey, we can get Russ here. He's still going to be closer to an All NBA level player than Wall will be. So we could rehabilitate him for a year. That ultimately stunted the growth, I believe, of some of your guys like Denny, um, and and uh, some of your other ball handlers, uh, and, and Rui from getting looks because you basically had a two guys, two players, two guard system where they took all the shots, made all the plays, everything run through them, everybody else just stand and watch. But that built Russ value back up. That allowed you to flip Russ. Uh, who's, who was basically what I would call the, the he was a fourth team All NBA guard. He was able to flip that into basically six assets, um, and that gives you more flexibility going forward. That gives you, uh, you know, I think a team now that fits better. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you traded a year of development of Rui Denny for, you know, getting something back on that John Wall contract. And uh, I I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. Um, I really do. Now we'll really get to see what Denny and Rui have uh, being able to get more shot opportunities in, in a system that's more conducive to, to ball movement and, and multiple guys touching it. So we'll see. Yeah, in all seriousness, again, it's it's no shade for for Russ or anything like that. I think it the main beef still relies with Scott Brooks, but he's gone. And um, you know, if Russ didn't want to be here, I'm glad that that's something that he brought to Tommy's attention sooner rather than you know now. Yeah, and um, I mean, at the end of the day, we weren't going to get a first round pick for for John Wall. We weren't going to get quality role players for. John Wall. So the fact that he was able to turn Russ into those assets is uh, is a pretty sweet deal. But certainly wish Russ uh, the best of luck in in L.A. Even though I'm not entirely sold that the Lakers are going to be all that. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I love their free agency. I think the Lakers' free agency so far has been the type of pieces they're looking for. I just wonder with age and everything, how will how will their rotations and stuff be um, during an 82-game season and all that, and with COVID still probably going to be an issue and things of that nature. But, I mean, on the face of it, I mean, they seem to have a nice team on paper. Yeah, it's all about their health. And I think with Russ, you know, his ability, he's like a he's a regular season floor raiser. So that'll allow LeBron to kind of come off the ball some. And when LeBron is low managing, you know, those games where maybe they just don't have it, you know, Russ is going to have it every game. Um, if he's mm-hmm. healthy, right, he's going to, he's going to play. So, mm-hmm. you know, he can, he can kind of truck him along throughout the regular season. And I think come playoff time, that's where really the job is going to start for them as far as scheming around his limitations. So, um, but I think they got the players to do it. Like they got some shooting, they got some defend def- defenders, um, you know. Uh, and then I mean, getting Kendrick Nunn, I mean, that was super clutch. And Malik Monk, um, even. Yeah, and Malik Monk, because those are guys that can handle the ball and shoot it. Like, so you don't necessarily have to have Russ as your only option. You know, you got guys that can get in there and and handle the ball, and you're not worried about them you know, 
throwing the game away. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the Lakers did a good job, man. I think they did a good job. So we'll see. All right. So I guess in terms of the guys that we got back, I mean, just what do you think about the hall? You don't have to go in any particular order here, but with the, the five guys that um, we got back, I mean, you can go and talk about any of them. I mean, what do you feel about the return that we got? I mean, especially Dinwiddie. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the return is about, was about as good as you were going to get for, uh, you know, a, a, a aging point guard. Um, I mean, I, the turn, the turn, Russ and and Hutchison basically into six assets. You know, I, that, I mean, that's that's insane to me. Like it, that's nothing that we could have even drew up. Like, like when we were talking about this months ago and possibly flipping him, and, and you know, we weren't thinking six assets. We was thinking maybe a player or two in a second, maybe like, but not like three legitimate rotation guys, starters, a first round pick, and then routing it into a the 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 a five team trade and then getting Dinwiddie on top of that. Like I mean that's just insane, man. Um I I think I think what it does is I mean it just gives you that flexibility so that when the opportunity arises to really go get that that piece, that real piece to put next to Beal, I think you have the ability to do that now. Because if you look at their young players, you got Denny, you got Rui, you got Gafford, all young with skill sets on rookie deals. Uh, and then Kispert. Uh prove they they each all have like skill sets that are that you would want if you're a GM that's looking to rebuild or you may have to start over. Um, and then you have veterans, proven veterans, champions. That uh, that are on decent contracts that you can you can put include in these deals for a legitimate piece. And when I say legitimate piece, I'm talking All NBA caliber, All Star level type player to put next to Bill. Um, <laughs> to go out there. And- yeah, I definitely like the deal, though. I think KCP is probably going to be the starting three, but again, I think that there's so many options they can do with that roster. I think there's more evaluating that you need to do before you can go ahead and, and peg that on paper because you could still start Denny. I could see that. Um, you could start Kuzma. I could see that as well. I could see you starting Kispert. I could see you starting KCP. So they have different options now at that three position, which, it, you know, no one sticks out per se, but at least it's nice that they have different options and competitive options, not like the last two seasons where, yeah, you had different options you could go to, but they were all the level of Isak Bonga. Yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing. It's, it's the roster depth. Like we don't have to rely now on a rookie starting, you know, we don't have to rely now on Raul Neto playing small forward. You don't have to rely on, you know, G League type guys, bottom of the bench type guys playing high minutes like Jerome Robinson, Bonga, you know, the Alex Lenz that you're signing off the street. 
Like, you don't have to worry about those types of guys having to play high minutes now because you have legitimate NBA rotation players now. Um, so, and then if someone gets hurt, you can survive that. You know, like the fact that our roster was so thin that when Denny got hurt, a rookie who we had to put in as a starter got hurt, that we didn't really have an answer to that. I mean, that just goes to show how thin that roster was. And and a lot of that was because you had that $41 million contract sitting on the top of your payroll. So um, I, I love it, man. I love what Tommy was able to do to kind of break that contract up um, and get some pieces back that, that fit needs. Um, and going forward, you know, before this trade, it was kind of bleak. It was kind of slim, you know, uh, on on keep bill, trade bill, and just blow it up. But I think Tommy has found, like, that that small opening where it's like no matter which way he goes, you you can be comfortable with it. Like, whether, he right. did, whether Bill decides he wants to leave or Bill decides he wants to stay, I think you're in a position where you can make this team better and pretty quickly. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, specifically with Dinwiddie, um, I mean, how how excited are you for him? Yeah, I was just uh, I was just reading um, a, a tweet talking about Dinwiddie's ability to uh, put pressure on the rim. He's one of the. I'm, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the best guards getting to the rim, um, which which makes sense because this free throw rate is is crazy, and and he makes his free throws. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's not obviously he's not as good as Russ. Russ is a better player, but I think Dinwiddie is going to be a better fit next to Beal, um, and at his size. I mean, you can run so many different. You can you can run three guard really, where you can have Neto playing the one, and and Beal at the two, and Dinwiddie at the three because he has that type of size, where he's not a liability defensively if he's guarding small forwards. Um, so it gives you so much versatility, um, and then like I said, he's a to me he's a better half court player. He's probably a better half court player than Russ and John Wall, if we're being honest. Like, um, where he, again, in, the, in that phone booth in the half court, he can break a guy down, and then he can get to that stop-and-pop midi jumper, or he can get to the free throw line, and he can he can make his free throws. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued, man, and I think they got him at a decent price. Um, I don't think it was an overpay. I don't think they got him at a bargain either. I think it was just about right. Um, for the for the price they paid, so right. This and is one of these. Welcome. Correct me if I'm wrong. The third year is is a team option. Um, it's a team option, but it's a partial guarantee. So he gets some money if the Wizards decide to waive him, but not all of it will be waived. Not all. Yeah. Uh, again, Tommy Shepard, master good. class man. Tommy Shepard, master class. <laughs> Yeah, this was kind of like 2016 free agency where it was like, well, welcome to the market. This is what it is. But I think that, and again, if Dinwiddie gets injured again, then we're all going to go back to this and say, okay, this really should have been thought about more. But 
if he stays healthy, I think that this is obviously a much more wise investment than than Ian Mahimi. Especially when you consider when we signed Mahimi, we already had a starting center. We did we don't have a starting point guard right now without Dinwiddie. Yeah, like that that Mahimi signing. Like I remember when it happened, I was just like, okay, so are we trading Gortat? Like, I, I kept saying that, and then like we never traded Gortat, and I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, I think the the thing with, with that was they anticipated on moving on from him eventually, and then Mahimi was going to take over as the starter. But I guess that just never materialized because Gortat was. Gortat was still good, in my opinion, up until that last season. He was. Um, yeah. That's Everyone kept... I remember Gortat saying, like, a slick comment, like, to the effect of, like, yeah, I see who's getting paid. You know, it's kind of a writing on the wall. And then he went and had a good season, and we didn't treat him. And I'm just like, well... Right. You can't pay two centers over $100 million. Like, what are you doing? Gortat was a very over-hated center i don't understand why he got all the hate that he did i thought he was consistent i thought he was steady i thought he was an excellent roller to the rim um very overhated player in wizards history yeah i think it was because because we lacked talent elsewhere you kind of allowed on gortat to be like the third option and when you frame him that way, he's going to fall short, you know. But when you frame him as just a reliable starting center, well, he met that bar more times than not. I mean, 90% of the time he met that bar. But when you frame him as he's got to be our third best player most nights, yeah, that's not that's not it for him, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. <sighs> I think that was uh... – some good stuff. So we will have to make another move to get under the cap because we're currently over it. So the person that comes to mind um, is Thomas Bryant because I don't think you're going to be able to trade Bertans and just like have that be like a salary dump. Not that I want to salary dump him anyway because I'm kind of in, I am intrigued by a team that was actually going to use him and a system that is going to make sure they prioritize him when he's in the game, make sure he's running around screens every other play and is always moving to get open and things like that. I'm interested in seeing what that would be like. Yeah, I am too. Um, and, and the thing about Bertans, like if you was to trade him now, you would be selling low. And it just from the moves Tommy has made, he doesn't seem like the guy or GM that's going to be selling low or anything. Like he's gonna build that. He's gonna build that value back up, and then and then sell when you know it's appropriate. But I don't think he's gonna sell low on Bertans right now. Um, I think a I think a Thomas Bryant trade is probably more likely. Um, yeah. Which is a shame, but I mean, I like Bryant. I do, but I mean, he's just kind of the odd man out right now, especially when you're coming back into the season and you can say it's not fair to him and I wouldn't disagree with that necessarily, but you know, when you come into the season injured, I mean, it's, you know, you're not helping. Sure. Um, 
And he doesn't, he no longer is that young center on the roster that has the highest ceiling because we now have another center who has the highest ceiling. Exactly. And he's way cheaper. For now. Yep. For now. Right. Because <laughs> I bet you this coming offseason, he's going to be making somewhere between 11 and 13 mil, but we'll see. Ooh, Lord. I'm hoping that. Uh, I mean, I kind of hope so because then that tells me he had a hell of a season. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> Look at what Jared um, Allen. I was talking about game. this earlier. I, mean, I kind of got a cap on how much I want to pay a center. Like I almost see that like it's like the running back position of the NBA. Like just draft a new one every couple years in like the second round or something, and and just run with it. You know. Like, I don't know about paying centers unless you're like I like I was saying earlier. Like, unless you're one of the one of the top bigs, like unless you're a Giannis, AD, Pat, Joker, or Embiid, I'm not paying no big no you know big contract. I'm just not doing it. That's why I I jumped totally off of the Miles Turner train at 17 million. Yeah. Just got to go with what the uh, with what the trend is, and Tommy seems to be doing that doing that with all the depth that we have at the wing positions now. I mean, my goodness, between the two th- or really between the three and four, I mean, it's it's nuts. Yep, yep. It's on West to kind of use it right, showcase it right. Um, I just man, I just wonder like who's going to be the odd man out if we're going into this season with all these wings and fours who. Who who the guy gonna get some DMPs some nights? Or maybe it's something that changes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, as long as Denny and Rui, I mean Rui's gonna be the starter, no debate. But if if Denny isn't in the rotation, I will get irritated with that. Outside of that, there isn't much they could do that would probably irritate me. I'll just go with the flow and just trust that the coaching staff is making the right decision. And I'm sure sure between um COVID injuries and, and just trying stuff out. I'm sure everyone will get their fair share of opportunities. And then as the season goes on, we'll see the rotations shorter, um, you know, get shortened and shortened. But um, I mean, I think as of, as of right now, what I would do is my fours that would be paying, playing would be Rui and then Bertans and my threes would be um, KCP and Denny. And then if you can, Try and swing Kispert as sort of that backup two. I mean, you can try it, but I bet you Holiday and Neto are going to be the backup one and two as of now. So, so your odd men out would be Kuzma and Kispert. Right. Ooh. And see, I, I, see I, I, I don't know what the objective is this year. Is this another development year? You know, just trying to develop our young guys or – and that's the thing. All of the guys are kind of young now because they don't have a guy. All the guys are under 30. So it's like, because like right now today, is Denny a better player than Kyle Kuzma? Uh, well. Like right mm-hmm. now today, like if the season started right now, you had to pick a small forward for your life. You're going to pick Denny over Kyle Kuzma. 
I mean, they do different things. That's hard to answer. <laughs> because Denny's a better defender. He's probably a, yeah. a better playmaker in the open floor, but, but Kuzma is a better scorer, better shooter. So I guess it, it really just depends on the guys that you have around you at that point. I don't – I mean, gun to your head, you probably say Kuzma's better, but I'm not sure overall, I mean, by how much. Yeah, and, and that's going to depend on how well – I think, and I've said it time and time again, it's going to depend on how well Denny shoots the ball. Because if Denny shoots the ball at just an average level, he's for sure a keeper. Like, he, he's probably your starting small forward if he shoots the ball at, at a decent clip. But if he's going to shoot 55% from the free throw line – you know, not really threatened to get to the rim, and he's, you know, he's shooting under 30% from three. I don't see how you play him over Kuzma. So, but then it's like, okay, if this is a development year, are you going to allow him to play through those warts? Or is it going to be a quick pull, and we're putting Kispert in because we know Kispert can hit 38% of his shots day one. 38% of his threes day one. You based know, on um, based on what Wes has said, I think honestly, as long as you show effort on the defensive end of the floor, I think he'll let you live and learn, you know. So that could yeah. be a perfect situation for Denny because you know damn well Denny's gonna still be the best perimeter defender next season next season. Yeah, I think behind I would say behind KCP, I think KCP still will have that edge, which is why I would probably pencil him in as the starter at small forward. Sure, um, sure. Yeah. But then, yeah, for sure, Denny right behind him, for sure. It's, it's just a matter of that shot, man. Like, is that shot going to come? Um, and then it's like, so, yeah, it's tough, man. I think I think it's a good problem to have. This is a good problem to have. Yeah, this is a absolutely. good problem because these were not conversations we were able to have last year. Like, we were really trying to force Isaac Bonga into lineups. Yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad because you remember I said I was like I want us to have a team where Isaac Bonga gets zero minutes. Yeah, that's when I'll know we have a decent team. Like, (laughs) and I think we finally have that team where there's no Isaac Bonga. Um, (laughs) He didn't even get that qualifying offer extended. Tommy was just like, "Nope, you're free to go, man." No, no. Peace. Like, good dude, great character guy, great locker room guy, but nah. Nah, man. If Isaac Bonga is playing a thousand plus minutes for you during the season, you're probably not a good basketball team. Like, just, just keeping it real. Um, and he's Tommy's been playing for the last two years, two, three years. So, yeah, it, it was time, man. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting what what West does at that forward those wing spots because I think, like I said, KCP is probably locked as that starting small forward. He's gonna play a lot of minutes, and sure. I would imagine Rui is probably the starting four, um, yeah. for sure. So then, is Bertans the backup four off the bench, or is it? It's either Kuzma? that or Kuzma, or is it Kuzma? You know, who's making more money? Right. That's why I think Bertans, because even if you want to roll with Kuzma eventually, you still need to build up Bertans' value because if you just leave him sitting on the bench, well, that's not going to help his value any. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost have to play him. 
And then and then at small forward, who's behind KCP at small forward? You just drafted Kispert, who's a three. Um, but then you still have you still have Denny, and then and then Kuzma can play the three too. So yeah. you know, it's, just, it's tough. I don't think there's one right answer. There's not somebody one right gonna be left answer. out, man. Yeah. <laughs> 